morning, good morning. Hopefully everyone is awesome and well. Your camera's struggling to, uh, to focus today, so I'll try not to move around too much, but good morning. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Uh, while everyone's jumping on, I'll, quick, uh, I'll do the quick intros. For those who are joining for the first time, welcome. Jason Whitten is my name. For those who are coming back, like James, <laughs> good morning, James, and uh, a number of others who uh, usually jump on each morning, uh, welcome to you guys. Welcome back. Good morning, Sharon. Mama Sharon. Good morning. Um, Welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, for the newbies, like I said before, Jason is my name, in property investing over 20 years, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand, over 18, and um, you know, done a few deals along the way, paid attention, and each morning share with some crazy crew, like Lauren, like Judy, like Alison, and you guys if you're joining, um, some uh, ideas, some opinions, some tips and strategies about property investing and going the distance. Like I've said many times before, this thing is a marathon, not a sprint. If you want to create wealth out of real estate, it's going to take time. Anyone tells you who can, anyone tells you you can get rich quick is full of it. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it takes a little bit of effort to go the distance. So let me put my coffee down as we kick off the day. Okay, come on, focus camera, focus. <laughs> let's see, let's hope it uh, keeps up. Oh, we've got uh, Kevin dialing in from Florida. Hey mate, great to have you here. Thanks for, thanks for dropping by. Good morning from uh, Kat, uh, Kat, uh, Katarina uh, from Melbourne. That's awesome. Uh, James uh, dropping by as well. And uh, uh, Lexi, great to see you. Fantastic. So. Thanks for, thanks for joining us this morning, gang. Want to talk to you guys about something that might, might be a little bit technical, but hopefully I can communicate this well, why I believe uh, property is still extremely undervalued. And uh, uh, Sam and I, met for many years, uh, have talked about this concept of yield compression. Uh, the, difference between, the difference between the rent and the, um, the cost of uh, real estate and how the uh, the net yield, the net yield or the gross yield, depending on which way you look at it, of a property, and now yield is basically a percentage expression of the income you're getting from your property, from the rent before or after expenses. But this thing, what happens, there's a gap, and then because of some forces, the yield compresses. So let me get into it. I'm going to draw some stuff on the board today and talk about uh, what's going on. But uh, I'm going to use this chart. And I don't know if you guys saw that the other day. Let me get in closer here. This is from Dr. Andrew Wilson. Uh, there we go. That's a good one. Put my little head out there. <laughs> so you guys can see what's going on right now. And if you see since 2004, you can see that little part there, 2004, the chart. You know, the average gross yield, gross yield, um, and this is for units at this point. Uh, we could do houses, we could do units, but I'm just going to do units. The average gross yield, um, you know, pretty well, 
around that 4 to 5% difference, 4 to 5% difference. And you can see that, uh, you know, right now, 5%, 5.5% of Brisbane, 3.4% in Sydney, the gross yield. So I'm going to talk about that. But what, what's going to be interesting is at the bottom there, it says 0 0.03, 0.03 of a percent. We're going to talk about what that means today. So I'm going to do, I'm going to try and copy that chart um, as we go. And let's just have a look at this. 2004 uh, over to, you know, 2020 over here or 2021. And we're looking at um, the, uh, we're looking at the, uh, the term deposit, the return, you know, on a term deposit. Now, that uh, in percentages, you can just have a look at this as 8% and that's zero. <clears throat> now, this is, if you put money, if you put cash in a bank right now and get a term deposit, the return on a term deposit used to be pretty good. You used to be able to get 7 8% cash in the bank, uh, money from cash invested, not even invested, sitting in the bank, used to be a good return. And for the last at least 10 years, 2009, the return on cash, I say it all the time, cash is trash. The return on cash has diminished when it comes to the institutions or the lenders or the banks or the term deposits, what would be called a defensive or a safe asset, a safe place to put your money, has really gone down to two-fifths of nothing. I think it's a point three of a percent, okay, which is absolute rubbish, uh, rubbish, okay? Now, what has happened though, if we have a look at, uh, let's look at properties, okay? And uh, we're gonna look at sort of seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, all right? Now, on average, property rental yields is kind of, you know, stayed fairly similar, okay? Now I'm gonna call that one Brisbane. Um, that is 5.5%, 5.5. And I'm gonna show you an example right now. We're gonna do, uh, hopefully you can see the colors. Let me know if you can't. And it's kind of like Sydney at 3.5%. So Brisbane is the, is the black, okay? This is Sid. And then this is Brisbane, okay? All right. Now, uh, we're going to get to the pointy end of the conversation here in a second. So what has happened um, over the last 10 years for all of us, anyone who's got money in a bank account, the return on that money has devalued significantly, okay? Uh, down to nothing. Uh, and the, at the moment, if you look at the marketplace and we're saying, all right, what are the interest rates going around for someone when, um, when they're, they're buying a property right now? Okay, if you look at the average interest rate, it's at about 3.5% as well, okay? And if you looked at this chart where the interest rates were, you would, you would see something like this. <laughs> Uh, as well. So interest rates have tracked along uh, on a similar trajectory. Now, 
we've got all the pieces of the puzzle here right now. I'm going to show you what I mean by the compression of the yield and why I believe there is still value. There's capital growth. Um, there's future value in property right now. We're going, to, we're going to continue to see a run on this marketplace for a little bit, a uh, little while. Now, a uh, few questions to ask ourselves. If you've got cash right now, all right, number one, uh, where would you put it? Where would be a defensive asset? Where would, where would you prefer that money to be? If you've got your cash in the bank and you're getting less than a percent, less than a percent return on your money, right? Because now inflation is maybe one to one and a half percent. Your cash is devaluing, right? Your cash is devaluing sitting in the bank. More money than ever, listen to me, more money than ever will be looking for a home, uh, looking for a defensive, looking for a place to land. And uh, that's one reason why I believe we've got a lot more to go. COVID um, is settling down, cash, retirees, uh, wealth, money, uh, needs a place to be, and it's going to hunt around, and uh, it is um, going to look for returns that are pretty good. Um, you know, where have you got some of your major capital? Uh, most of us have got major capital in housing, in property. Why? Look, safe as houses, safe as bricks, bricks and mortar. I can touch it. I can feel it. Okay. So that is number one reason why I believe money will be looking for a home. It is earning less than a percent now. Imagine you took your cash and you had two or three or five million dollars and you went and bought. Um, let's just do this. All right. Uh, let's do on 1%, do 5 million. All right, 1% uh, of 5 million. 1% um, of 5 million is 50K, gang. All right, 1%, that's 1%. Now, if you put took your 5 million and now you times that by 5, that's 250K. Do you guys see the difference here? For that person's cash, okay. Now you'd have to you'd have to net that out. There's still some costs, maybe some uh, rates and insurance and whatever. But the but the net difference is massive right now. Everyone everyone following along? Now, what? Um, I'm gonna rub that one out for a second. What we're still going to see? What's going to happen? into the marketplace um, is that the cost, the interest rates are low and the rents are high. And the only way that the property prices slow down in marketplaces like this is when those, the costs and the, the rents compress together, okay? So if you look at Sydney, Okay, you look at Sydney. Now Sydney, the yield, rental yield, 3.5%. Cost of interest, 3.5%. That's an indicator for me why I wouldn't be uh, buying in Sydney right now because the rental yield uh, is too low. 
okay? And there's not enough gap between its costs and its return and the sustainability on wages, on wages, somebody's ability to earn and uh, enough money to keep that property will start to struggle, okay? Gang, um, this, is, uh, this is what happened last time, okay? Now, interest rates aren't gonna go up for a, for a while, but what will go up in Sydney, what will continue to go up because Sydney does that, is the capital growth, okay? So when the values go up, but the rents stay the same, the rental yield goes down, okay? So what will happen as a, the rental yield as a percentage goes down, 3.5. So you will see in Sydney, and it's coming, gang, you'll see the average rents, the gross rents, go to 3%. And I believe you'll see uh, people who own properties in Sydney um, paying negative cash flow, negatively geared properties because they're believing in the growth story. And this is the danger zone right now. That yield is compressing and the net yield is going to start to actually cost you out of your pocket, okay? So there are other places, other markets in Australia that have got much better yields than, uh, than Sydney. One of those is Brisbane, other places like Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, Canberra are going to have a lot more ability for this yield, 5.5%. Its compression distance to 3.5% is a full 2%, gang, a full 2%, okay? So then um, uh, away you go. That yield compression has a long way to go, okay? So the percentage in here, and I'm getting really technical here, so I hope I'm not losing you. The percentage, the distance between there and there, um, is around about, call it 35%, 35%. So technically, this market, if the capital growth, the property values went up and interest rates stayed the same, technically, these markets, the ones that have got better rental yields, have got anywhere between 25 and 35% of growth on the value if the rents stay the same. If the rents go up, maybe it'll go even more. If the rents stay the same for future value, for future growth, yield compression. Now, there was a lot of scribbling on there today. <laughs> uh, but if we want to break it down into a really simple thing, the cost to own the property and the income you get from the property, the gap, when that gap is large, capital growth can occur. When that gap is small or negative, it's very difficult for capital growth to occur. Okay, that's yield compression. Ah, wow. That was a, that was a, that was a, yeah, it's, it's damn hard, slog. Dane saying it right, multiple properties are negatively geared. And Dane, it's actually, it's almost impossible. It's, it's, it's not a great place to be. And that's where it's really important for all of us as property investors. I've said this thousands of times, capital growth is a vanity metric. Uh, you know, you might, you might have one capital growth property, uh, a property you bought and, uh, and you buy it in Sydney and capital growth goes well. If it's negative cash flow and your wages uh, can't keep up with that property, 
It's irrelevant. You can't even tap the equity. You can't even get at the equity because the property's rents are so rubbish. Okay. Um, thanks, guys. <laughs> but gang, you know, there has to be a gap between expenses and income for values to uh, be make sense. Uh, and, but here's the other kicker people who are buying in cash, guys, people who are buying in cash, they can compress because their expenses are so much less. And you've got to be careful of those people that, that those people in the market end up having pushing the market in a fake way because they're buying in cash and they're not, they don't have to analyze the property the same as you and I. Okay. So I um, hope that makes sense. So, um, gang. Yep. Um, yep. Totally. Alison needs the growth from her investment property to cycle to the next one. And, and uh, uh, what Alison also knows is that she needs to tap that growth from the, and the only way she can tap that growth is from the ability to service the next amount of capital, uh, redraw and so on. And so if Alison had that maybe in a place like Sydney and she struggled to buy a property in Sydney, uh, the rents didn't go up, but the values went up. Uh, she might, it might be difficult for her to get that equity out, even though it's there. Okay. So this is the kind of the, the little weird thing about real estate. You always got to keep on your toes in that sort of space. All right. As you go. Uh, and Marnie asked, Marnie, hopefully you're still listening. You know, um, you know, should I sell? No, don't sell. Uh, for me, it's a never sell, uh, a never, never, never sell. That's the best way to roll. Money. There are a few exceptions. There are a few exceptions in that in that thing, and it's it's nine times out of ten, ninety nine percent of the time, a personal thing, where you're either stuck. Um, there's no way you can go forward unless you do. The property's rubbish, and it's just eating you alive. You know, or the property's never going to go up in value, or never going to get you what you need. So you might need to rearrange. But you don't sell. Um, to get out of the market and stay out, um, you know, you, you might rearrange. But good question, Mar uh, Marty. Uh, I would say uh, keep the property that you have and uh, and get the equity out and use it going forward. Now you'd need to buy in an area that's got a better rental yield. If your property, let's say in Sydney, has got great uh, equity, but it doesn't have great cash flow or net cash flow in comparison. Okay, um, there you go. All right, gang. Well, listen, um, uh, a bit of a longer one today, yield compression. Where's the gap? How far can it compress? How far can the market put up with that compression? Uh, and that will show you where the value will lie um, and people will buy uh, that value, okay? Uh, that's why I believe there's still quite a lot of good value in the future markets um, that we still have access to. Um, gang. Anyway, that's it. Coffee and a chat done and dusted. Uh, hopefully, uh, you are all well and awesome. Uh, so join me tomorrow for another coffee and a chat around about the same time. And uh, have an awesome rest of your day. All right, gang. Oh, for those who are listening on the podcast. So this is this uh, Wealth Coffee Chats go to a podcast. We, we get them up as a podcast literally by the middle of the day. They're on Spotify and iTunes. And for those who are listening on the podcast, I did a lot of scribbling on the board today. So track us down in YouTube. 
our YouTube, uh, our YouTube uh, channel, Positive Real Estate TV, and uh, the video is always there. And for all of you guys uh, listening in, maybe subscribe to the YouTube channel as well because it's sometimes hard to find this in the Facebook stream of videos. Uh, YouTube's an easy way to do that, Positive Real Estate TV. Um, there you go. All right, okay. Awesome. Thank you. Adios. Great to see all of you guys. Thanks for dialing in. Great questions. Thanks for your support. And um, yeah, chat soon. Stay well. Bye-bye. Thank you.